yeah, I'm never talking to you again, right. but like, I think you like should have a pie. Chicken pot pie. Oh, so yummy. Get in here and eat. We are both polyamory, married and dating heads. Welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. This is the subscriber exclusive portion of the show. But if you're new and you're hearing this section of the show on the regular feed and you would like to subscribe, you can just go to theballerlifestyle.com. There's a link at the top of the page to subscribe to all of our bonus content Five bucks a month or yeah, five bucks a month is the number or 50 bucks a year. And that gets you about an extra show a week and different kind of stuff than we do on the regular page uh, on the regular podcast feed like this show, for instance. Um, also, if you would like to respond to this, I'm interested to know what people have, what people think. And um, because we're kind of going off the board on what we normally do here, I feel like there are different kinds of people listening or just different people in general. So feel free to reach out 949-464-TBLS-8257 is the number to leave a voicemail. You can also send us an email. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com is the email address. I am joined now, as I am occasionally, by friend of the show, Molly McAleer. Malls, how are you? I'm great. I have to tell you, yeah. I never get tired of you hearing hearing you say um, the baller lifestyle because it's just so unbelievably stupid. Yeah, and totally. I know you know. I know yeah. you know this. Yeah. I know I'm not like pointing out something new to you, but every time you say it, I'm like, God, that is like it's such it's such a name this show has. It's, so I'm proud of you. It's patently ridiculous. It's the baller lifestyle. What does that mean? It's so dumb. It's patently ridiculous. It's utterly (laughs) embarrassing. I'm tied to it. It's not, doesn't describe in the least what we do, but I will say this, not the least embarrassing thing I've ever been married to. I'll just leave it at that. That's all I'll say. Jesus Christ. Well, I will, I will tell you this is that. I don't think you should be embarrassed by it. Thank you. I think that you've decided to name your podcast this and you need to fully lean into it. And hopefully you'll find other people like me that think it's so absurd that it's very funny. Well, well, we, I just didn't think I'd still be doing it. You know, I mean, we gave <laughs> right. we gave it a jokey name. I didn't think I'd, <laughs> seven years later I'd still be saying it, and it's the name of my website, and it's as much Baller as lifestyle. Right, it's as, unbelievable. We also do a <laughs> we do a bachelor show as well, which has the unfortunate distinction of being called the Bachelor Lifestyle. Which again, okay. well, that means nothing. Like it's it's like what's the it just because it ties to the first name. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. Thank you. For no, that. I think it's great. I think it's great. So, I yes. I actually really like how aggressively nonchalant, but sort of doming you that it is. You know, I feel very domed by that name. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, whether that's a good thing or not, that's 
open to your interpretation. <laughs> but I'm proud of you. I just want to say that. Thank and I you. really, it really makes me laugh. I appreciate that. It really I'm, makes me laugh. I'm glad, I'm glad that you've taken the, the time to, to consider it and report back to me. That's, I appreciate that very much. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, so we're getting together as we do occasionally to talk about things pop culture stuff that happens in the world. And this is something that somebody brought to me recently that they thought I might like. And when I heard about it, I hadn't watched it yet, but I thought that you would be somebody fun to talk to talk about this with. And it's, it's a documentary show that's running right now. It might've all the episodes might've run already. I think there's only four. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Showtime. It's called love fraud. And it's a it's a, a Dirty John type story. I feel like everybody knows Dirty John at this point. And Love Fraud is a Dirty John type story where where there's there's a guy we're sort of quasi introduced to. We haven't met him really yet. We've only watched one episode so far. But he's he's one of these dudes that we all know about now that he's a um, there's a name for it. He's a, he's a um, not. He's a love, not con artist. A serial predator? Well, sort of, yes. But there's a, uh, there's a name for guys that get women to fall in love with them and then they steal from them. And, all the, and I will say this. I know this is a common thing. I've known in real life um, a woman, a man that had a woman do this to him. A, oh. A, a woman that was... And not, she wasn't like Russian or anything. Not that you would immediately think that this is an Eastern European move. Like literally, do. what the fuck does that mean, right. Ryan? Could, like that's I mean, so I mean, discriminatory I mean, and strange. You kind of do think that though. Like it's, you know, it's, a, it's an Eastern block move. But <laughs> this, this happened to somebody I know. And it was, it's the same MO where basically the person sets up that they're like doing well. And they're, they got it happening and they've just taken a fancy to you for whatever reason. They're into what you got going on and they want to invite you into their world. And there's always, they're doing well, but they're about to do a lot better. There's something coming. And in the case of the person I know, and I don't want to let on too much because it's not really my story to tell, but there was a, there was a trust fund Mm. that was about to come do or whatever however you're about it was about to open up you're about to age into your trust fund and but before before that happens and it's only a few weeks away before that happens i just need a little cash to get to for this down payment on a house or something some big expense and this person that that uh it happened to they they fronted the other person the money and the person they were engaged to be married and the person disappeared off the face of the earth and was not the person they said they were was a completely fictitious person. Everything about them was made up. Imagine how that must feel. Probably really bad. I mean, yes, you know, it's interesting because I was wondering as you were saying this, you know, how like we kind of like root for female ser- serial killers in a dark way. Um, <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yes. 
actually where you're like, like, oh, sick. Like that is like truly the meaning of equality is like she's out there killing people like, you know, all the time, which is something where we re- like rarely see women do that. It's like a male thing to be a serial killer. So we're always like, OK, that's terrible. But like good for her a little bit because well, because a, a man made her like that. Maybe, but but a man made men serial killers like that too. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it could just be something wrong with them, you know, like not even, you know, there's, they're born that way. Usually there's a blow to the head. But I wonder if we love like dirty John, because typically women are portrayed as more ruthless and gold diggery and like coming for you in that way. And so we like a dirty John because it's like sort of this underrepresented group coming up in the space. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like anybody really roots for dirty John, but it is. No, it is like a tantalizing. It's sort of a mouthwatering story when you hear about this, because you're like, how could this happen? And then you kind of see the type of people that are involved and they're usually just really just trusting human beings that are just can't conceive that this kind of person exists in the world. And they would never, that's, it's not their default to be immediately distrustful of people. So they kind of play along. I can't remember where I was going with that. No, it's just, it's like a little bit more like titillating as like versus a woman. Right. Right, It's like, I guess it also has like the female pedophile thing to it where, you yes. just rarely see female pedophiles and a lot of them happen to go into teaching. So whenever they pop up, it's like seeing an exotic animal. That's like you're true. like, I can't believe you do that. Guys, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, they're like fucking dirty and strange. Like, of course, they're yeah. he, that guy's a pedophile. Yeah. But with women, it always hits different. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a that's a really, really good point. So let's talk about this guy. Dirty Mickey. He's he's really very similar to dirty John, although he's not super handsome like Eric Bana. Right. But he's like about the same age, late forties. Um, we, at first we don't really know anything about him except he's, he's starts dating this woman. I can't, Oh, Tracy was the first woman. And yeah, he, I gotta yeah. say, not to interrupt, but no, I'm going to no, interrupt. Please do. Yeah. One thing I hate about documentaries like this is that they really like bury the names of these people. Right. Like it's an artistic choice, but there are people that I found in this to be incredibly compelling and I don't know their name yeah. Yeah. to save my life. They, like I don't know a lot of these people's names. I had to Tracy, I had to turn on closed captioning and wait for like the caption to tell me because my eyes were not finding it. I am not very observant, they, I guess. It's a really good point. And this is this is where they could take a cue from reality show producers because Tracy, I caught her name, but they showed her name as far as I could tell one single time when she was first introduced. And right. there was a few other people that were introduced in this documentary that I didn't happen to be looking directly at the screen when they were introduced. And because I was watching on my computer and the interface on the Showtime player is pretty janky in terms of rewinding. Like I have some clips I want to play and it might not even be worth it. 
it wasn't worth it to me to go and find out their names. And if you're watching The Bachelor, maybe not every time they show Courtney on the screen, they're not going to say Courtney flight attendant Orlando Florida but maybe every third or fourth time they're going to they're going to flash that on the screen so that you can be reminded of who these people are and what their names are same you're watching the challenge same thing they they show even though the characters recur from season to season they still put their names on the screen occasionally so you can be caught up they got they need to dumb it down to the level of someone that would name their website and podcast the baller lifestyle. Totally. Well, (laughs) they do need to hit us with like a strong lower third of the screen with like a a brief explanation every time we see these people. Yes. Because there's also, I almost said Chiron, but then I heard from someone who works in TV that that is like a word that the general population uses that they don't actually use in that industry. A placard. Yeah, I felt so called out when I heard that fact. I was like, oh, my whole language around this subject has been wrong my whole life. I guess I've just been too ashamed to say it. I'm going to say I'm going to say it more. I'm like if I'm around. Yeah, if I'm around like TV industry people, which is, you know, not that often, (laughs) I'm going to fucking be like Chiron every third word. I'm going to point at screens and be like, look at the Chiron over there just to sound like the rube that I am. I don't care. So he, he meets this, this, we're introduced to this woman, Tracy, and she's like, I was swiping first issue. You got, assume the worst on these swiping situations. I've never swiped. I'm not a swiper. I know you exist on dating sites. You don't operate them. You have in the past, but you, you're a wise person, Molly. I imagine you go into every situation expect it with low expectations of people not this is my knight in shining armor every time every time you meet a guy called mickey 47 from kansas city right yeah like once i went on a tinder date with this guy and he showed up an hour late and i decided to stay because i was like it's so ridiculous that he's an hour late that i have to stay for this freak show and the guy shows up and he's totally coked out and like, you know, he manages to like pull together a sentence about what he does for a living. And apparently he makes like neon signs in his backyard, which I was like, OK, great. Wow, I love and this then, guy. Um, You know, he was just so like nice that and like, honestly, I just was like, I feel for you, man. And I, I sent a, a pie to his house the next day just as like a. Yeah, I'm never talking to you again, right. but like I think you like should have a pie. What what kind of pie if I may ask? Key lime. Oh my god. Yeah, you got to hit him with the key lime. That's like a, a that's respectful. A top, that might be the lime. best pie made. Key lime. Yeah, it's Depending the best on where pie. you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the best pie. I would agree. Um so Tracy so Tracy's kind of into it and there's a Wait, co- can I say, though, about yeah, Tracy and the swiping? Yeah. She tried to be, like, coy about it after, and she was like, I guess you, like, swipe right. And I'm like, bitch, Come what do you on. mean you guess? Come on. Like, Even I know we that. We all know. We all know if you've been on this site, it is unmistakable unless you have that very common issue so many of us have, like, remembering which is left and which is right. right. Yeah. Which, by the way, is apparently the most common, like, brain fart that happens amongst all people is which one's left and which one's right. It's the thing that we all have the most in common. Interesting. 
Yeah, it's a fact I, I found out once. But listen, so she tries to be like coy about it. And I'm like, lady, you are on a documentary about how you got like completely taken she, by yeah, this she knows. guy. She knows. Just lean into it. Yeah. You are an online dater. Sure. And yes, it's swiping right. Of course it is. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows swipe right, swipe left. That's, that's just a known thing. So she's she's pretty into this guy. He shows up to take her on the first date and the first date is a ride on his motorcycle. Huge red flag. In my opinion, that's like five red flags. A that was like my first note, right? Yeah. A here's, here's the things I'm thinking. If I swipe right on a dude and he shows up to take me out on a motorcycle, a this dude's got no car Two. what, how does he just, expect that I'm going to go nuts to butts with him on a fucking bike. That That is a very, it's like giving a golf lesson or a bowling lesson or a, a, some other kind of ruse to have close physical content contact on a, on a vibrating machine where also you at any second you feel like you could die. Yeah, it's just, you know, there's always motorcycle people that are like, actually, it's not dangerous. And it's like, it, no, if you're a motorcycle is. person, it, it should be the first thing you know. It's like owning a gun. Like, just admit it. It's a dangerous thing to ride a motorcycle. And you might be very good at it. But in general, it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, And it's, and, and it's especially dangerous for two people. Mm-hmm. to be on that bike you're you're you may not be in danger because you're controlling this thing but i'm just along for the ride and if somebody hits us sideways i'm fucked if we get t-boned my kids don't have a mom it's just that's just not that's not a first date thing for me and it might not be an any date thing for me it's it's a manipulation on the part of mickey in my opinion yeah, I mean, it definitely would let you know if someone is sort of reckless and overly trusting yeah. right away. Yeah. It's an excellent exercise in figuring out whether or not someone has control of their life fully. Yeah, and it's and it and it and it reminds me of Dirty John how he's immediately like driving Deborah's car around and like just just this just this uh entitlement that he has showing up on the motorcycle to me is, is a similar entitlement, but also it's, he's flexing it. Like he's, this isn't his first go round. He knows kind of what works because we come to find out that he finds and often marries these women pretty regularly, like maybe a couple of times a year. Right. So, and then, so that's the first one that's set up. And I can't remember if they set it up right there or we learn a little bit later, but along the lines of Dirty John, immediately Tracy's daughter has, she sniffs this guy out right away. Yeah, I'm, you know, at first though, she was like, there's this thing, okay? Like, I thought it was really dark that this whole documentary opens up with her daughters getting her ready for this date. Like, cause she's now back on the dating scene, I guess. Right. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, they do it kind of artfully. Like you're, you're um, peering through the window while they're having the convert, the pre-date conversation. And they're kind of like, be careful this time, mom. Like what, like it was, uh, it's ominous. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like maybe this is because I had a single mom growing up, but I feel like children should just not be involved 
in their parents' dating lives, like pretty much at all. Like maybe, you know, if your dad died and your mom is like 55 and you know that she has some good years ahead of her and deserves a partner. Yeah. Maybe you and your sibling are like, okay, mom, like it's time to get out there. I know it's been a while. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of just sad to see this woman like clearly like, I don't know, maybe older than 50. I'm not sure. Having her daughters like help her do her makeup for a date. Like, lady, you don't know how to do your own makeup. Like you have bigger problems here. And, you know, there's this attitude that the daughter has about all of this, which is like, yeah, it was really fast. But, you know, my mom and him seem really happy together. They are older. So I can see why they would sort of accelerate the process. And that's just an idea that really troubles me in general, where it's like all of a sudden, just because you've reached a certain age, like the standards of basic human decency go out the window because everyone knows the finish line is finding someone who's going to marry you. Just anyone who's going to marry you. You found that person. I would argue that it's actually the opposite. And by the way, these, I don't know how old Tracy is, but I imagine she's a little bit younger than Mickey 47. 47's not that old. Like you, Once you reach a point in life, you realize, oh, who cares if I'm married? Like, that's I just want to enjoy my life. Maybe I'll do some right swiping and I'll find somebody who's easy to hang out with that we don't have to carry this burden of sharing our savings account and our 401k and the fucking mortgage and all these things. We can just like be chill and enjoy each other's company. So I, it, I, I think that that's a misnomer that people, older people are in a, in a hurry to rush into something because they might die alone. I'm, I'm, I'm content to die alone yeah. rather than spend my life with somebody that's going to make it less happy. I agree with that. I had like a realization, I think when I was 27 or I was rather forced into a realization where I was at this dinner and I was saying to one of my girlfriends, like, God, you know, I just like, like want to get married, you know, like I'm so scared. I'm never going to find that person. And she's older than me. And she's also like sober and, you know, sober people, whenever they tell you something, it's like in your mind, more sage wisdom yeah. because there's nothing between them and their brain. Right. And they've been through you know, the wars. They, they have, they have the clarity. They know what's important because they, yeah. they fucked off for a while. If you've recovered from meth, like I, I will listen to anything you tell me. Right. Yeah. So um, she was like, Molly, you you could be married. She's like, you don't want to get married. That's not the important thing. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, if you wanted to be married, you would be married. 100%. She's like, it's not difficult to get married. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And ever since she said that. It really like turned a page for me in terms of like my mentality towards all of this stuff. Like you absolutely could get married and it it just is. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You you turn 29 and you see all your friends start dropping off and you see your other friends go, oh, I'm I need to do this, too. I'm dating someone. I should just marry them because everyone else I know is getting married. That's that's not the move, guys. That's, you know, if. Assuming there's anybody that young in my audience. Give it you some know time. what's interesting, though? Like, I feel like just from my perspective of people I've heard say that it's usually guys saying that at 40, 
they were like, oh, I have to get married. I'm like, dude, you've lived half of your life. Like, why are you acting like it's something you have to get out of the way now? It's not like the dishes. Like, you don't have to get married. And also, like, what a luxury at 40 years old to decide that marriage is a priority for you. Crazy. No, it's insane. Um, So immediately we were introduced. So that's that's going well, the Mickey and Tracy thing. Then immediately we're introduced to Ellen. She's my favorite. I like her too. She's got a cute haircut. She's uh, uh, this salt of the earth type of woman. And I just want to play a clip. Hopefully this plays because this Showtime interface isn't that great. But she talks about what's about dating in, I guess this is in Kansas City where this is occurring. They don't really make that clear. I know he's based in Kansas City. But I feel like he did work like in the in the Missouri, Kansas border area. Yeah, the way it's set up in this first episode, you are wondering, like, could this go international? Like, how deep is this going to go? Are we just going to focus on this one neighborhood? Because it also feels like a really small city to try and pull something like this off, especially with the way that he doesn't seem to completely vary from familiar routines. Yeah, it's if you're taking if you're going Monday night with one girl to Chester's or Cheddar's. <laughs> Dude, I can I couldn't believe it when the other woman said Cheddar's when she meant Chester's. Right. Couldn't believe it. But how but Tracy talked about Cheddar's. Are are we to believe that there's a Chester's and a Cheddar's? I'm still wondering like what Cheddar's is because Tracy was unclear on whether or not they served alcohol. And I was like, why are you just now like 20 minutes before this guy picks you up? The first thing I would do is I would call Cheddar's immediately before even setting the date. And I'd be like, what do you got? Is it like liquor, wine, beer? Oh, you don't have any of that? I'm not fucking going. Pick another location, sweetie, because there's no way I'm going on a first date and not drinking. Are you insane? That's a really good point. Well, Ellen's going to explain to us what what the dating scene is like in the Kansas City area for a salt of the earth middle aged woman. We went out to eat every night. Yaya's or Applebee's or Olive Garden. It was all these cheddars. Uh, not cheddars, I'm sorry. Chesters. Right. Something like that. Hey, baby, let me get you a glass of wine. Sure. Well, that's sweet, you know. Um, well, here, go ahead and put your feet up here, you know. Uh, or sit, bes- lay beside me on the couch and, and let's just look at this together. There were times that he was like the perfect partner. Okay, that that really struck me. Oh, it made me so sad. I have that in my notes too. Because, and I'm sure we're going the same direction as this. What does it say about the state of male-female relationships in 2020? And this could be Kansas City. This could be anywhere in the country and maybe the world for all I know. That what she just described is just the the baseline of decent behavior of one right. person that's interested in another person. She's like, we went out to eat. She names like five very fucking middle of the road chain restaurants. He he would ask me how my day was. He would tell me to put my feet up. He would be like, let's look at this together. Oh, you mean like he wanted to watch TV with you? Like, how is it 
She's like, he was like the perfect guy. You mean he did the most limited amount that he could possibly do to seem interested in you? And all of a sudden, this guy's Sir Walter fucking Raleigh? Yeah. I mean, you haven't really felt pain until you've been a straight woman and heard a lesbian make fun of how straight women are with their boyfriends. It's honestly (laughs) fucking brutal. Like women are literally like, yeah, I mean, like he usually answers when I call and, (laughs) you know, before we have sex, he always makes sure that his like balls don't smell. And like, you know, like it's the stuff that lesbians call out about straight women and the way we talk about our boyfriends is honestly, it's humiliating. It's the most humbling experience in the world because you're like, oh, you're right. Like I expect the bare fucking minimum. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. She's talking about this guy like he was fucking transported from another time To just be Mr. Fucking King shit knows how to treat a lady because he would occasionally take her to Chili's or the fucking Olive Garden. Yeah. It's a a huge bummer. It bummed me out that that is what is considered like special treatment these days. Guys, get off your fucking fantasy football. And would look your girlfriend or wife in her fucking face and ask her how her day was and actually be interested in it for a little while. It it goes forever. You have no idea the amount of goodwill you will engender by doing something that literally takes zero effort on your part. <laughs> look at you giving like dating. Is this totally. is the boyfriend lifestyle podcast. Like totally. the fucker, yeah. why are you giving, who are you giving dating advice I to? I was <laughs> struck by it. Uh, I was no, moved it, by the moment. It hit me as well. And also the fact that she was like, he would offer me wine and I'm like, he's getting you drunk yes. to like make you talk less. Yes. He's like, <laughs> that's what he's doing. It's really not that big of a secret, honey. I'm sure he wouldn't even let her pick the show. It would be like his show that she doesn't mind. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And then hold on. He meets another woman. I like this one, too. I think she's called Sabrina. Yeah, she is called Sabrina. I don't I couldn't. I wrote it down, but I wasn't sure. I was kind of guessed. And again, she talks about what they would do. And the bar was very low. I come home from work and there'd be gifts on the bed. He would text me and say, hey, what are you doing? How's work? I miss you. Do you want to do this tonight? Hey, I'm going to fix dinner. I was in love with him. Because he made He made me feel like number one. And I've never had a guy do any of that for me before. Honestly, it was like a golden ticket for me. (laughs) I just was like... God does love me, finally loves me. He sent me someone that, everything I've been asking for. I mean, she's 53 years old. And this I is mean, like, this is the best she's ever been treated. It's, I it's feel bad. sad. Yes. I feel really bad because like, this is, this for her was it. She made it, baby. Like she found a guy that calls her. <laughs> That's so fucking sad. Is. That is so sad. And I remember her name is Sabrina because at one point yes. he's like, I'm going to go get a tattoo with your name. Yes. 
Yeah. And I remember thinking, God, Sabrina is such a perfect name. If you want to get like a kind of a joke tattoo, Sabrina's a perfect name to be like, oh, yeah, it was a bit. I just thought it was like funny because like it looks like, you know, I got a tattoo of a girl's name. But like I just thought the name Sabrina is like so ridiculous. Who would be named that? Also real easy to say it's your niece. Oh, this is totally. this is my niece. She, um, you know, it's we don't talk it about talk about it a lot, but it was it was uh, meningitis. Now, since you pointed out the tattoo, and it's it's a way that a guy like Mickey, who's gonna marry three women this year, can explain his Sabrina tattoo and then still get the kind of attention he wants, gets get a little bonus out of it. Um, but I mean. They've been dating a month and he's like, let's go. I want to go to the tattoo shop and get your name on me. I get that sometimes that people are starved for something that seems real. And I get that these predators are really good at finding the kind of people that will receive what they do easily. But you've known somebody for one month. And he wants to get your name tattooed on him. I mean, love bombing is some powerful shit, especially if you take women that are obviously just looking for some sort of approval. Love bombing is so fucking real. But I will tell you that it really only has to be done to you once for you to see it for right. exactly what it is if it ever happens again. Oh, that's a really good because next time someone's, you know, you're two weeks into a relationship and some guy's telling you he loves you and he's going to marry you next time that happens, you're like, Oh, you're fucking crazy. Like that guy, like it's a, it's 100% a thing, by the way, like it's totally a thing. Like it is. And they're also, their moves are so predictable. Um, but I will say that Sabrina kind of, kind of took me by surprise because based off of just the limited information I had from her, just from seeing her, she didn't seem like someone who would be like, yeah, baby, go get your name tattooed or my name tattooed on you. Oh no, she definitely. No. Too sensible for something like that. Absolutely. That's why you, you wonder what, you know, how, how she didn't see through it. And I get why she couldn't, I guess. What do you think, is in it for the love bomber, the guy not, and I'm not talking about Mickey in general. I'm talking about the guy that he's not looking to, uh, drain your house of a second mortgage. He's not looking for you to buy him a Harley Davidson or a used Corvette. He's what just the regular dude that comes in like that with, with these big, grand gestures early do you do you think he's looking for some kind of um adulation adoration for himself he's trying he's putting that into you to try to get it back he wants to seem amazing what do you think is in it for the love bomber dude oh i know what it is it's like always narcissists and abusive people that do that and it's a way to get your 100 percent loyalty early on so they come at you and they treat you in every way like you know everything that everyone else is like oh that's insane this is way too fast they make you feel like 
like every other guy you've been with was, you know, some joker and that this behavior that he's displaying is made just for you, that he would never act this way with anyone else. So it must be about your connection. Amazing. And you find yourself forgiving them for things that are just like insane because you start to tell yourself, well, you know what? I mean, they always say relationships are hard work and, you know, this is, you know, a massive test that we've been put up against, but we're going to get through it. And I know that because he told me how much he loves me so early on. I mean, that would be such an insane thing for someone to lie about. Why would anyone ever do right. that? Right. Fascinating. And, yeah. And I mean, like it's, it's, um, I was absolutely love bombed, um, in a relationship mm-hmm. and I will tell you, so the reason why it's like a thing that narcissists are, are commonly doing, it's that they need you to get so on board with them. So aggressively on board that you don't even start to notice until they start to flip on you. And then they start to make it so that you're doing everything for them. Like you're doing their bidding. Like you literally might be like cleaning their house. Like you might be lending them money. Uh You're doing like, you're acting like a wife with girlfriend privileges at top. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then when they start to flip on you and they start to like eventually start to chip away and pick away at like aspects of your personality and you start wondering yourself, wait a minute, like I've always really been proud of that quality of mine, but he's telling me that it's like a really negative thing and it's insufferable. And they slowly start to take away your independence because everything that you liked about yourself, it's now on the table for whether or not it's actually a bad thing. Yeah. And if maybe that's what's kept you from having love like that in the past. Whoa. So you're like, oh, wait, you know, if this person who loves me so much is telling me that this part of my personality is a problem, well, then I better like clean that up. I better, you know, get rid of that. And so you start to take away the things that made you feel independent and good about yourself. And especially at the beginning of a relationship seem like things that he valued about you. Right. And then so then you start thinking, like, am I fucking crazy, dude? Like, I must be like crazy because you know, when we first started dating, he loved this and this and this about me. And he, you know, was telling everyone in my life that these were the things that he would never let die about me. And now he's telling me that they're the worst parts about me. So maybe I'm fucking crazy. And then, you know, with narcissists, the third stage of being in a relationship where there's narcissistic abuse is discarding. Because they've taken everything that they can from you and you're never going to hear from that person again right. for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. You can seek that person out. Right. And they will not engage. They can. And, they, and you're like, how could they just move on? I mean, this was someone that I spoke to every day that uh-huh. like I felt almost obligated to check in with. Right. And now they're taking all of that away from me. So my support system of how I understand the world has now completely changed. Yeah. 
And now they're making me feel like it's insane that I want to continue the conversation right? because they've taken that away. So they, they just like, you know, the cycle of narcissistic abuse is like so fucked up because it relies on the person who is not the narcissist, who's the victim of this to do so many more just like mental cartwheels to keep it together. They allow another person to completely spiral out. And I will say that the thing with Mickey is that he does, he doesn't seem to get that far. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's because he wants, he doesn't want to weaponize their neediness against them. He rather, you know, just take what the bare minimum of what he can get slash the most and then just leave with the money. He, he just wants care. their stuff. He doesn't want them to, he wants them to think they're in love with him, but only for a short time while he gets their things. He doesn't need them to respect him in yeah. the long run yeah. or to, you know, no, he's going to change his name. Right. Yeah. Um, Molly or for the audience, Molly sent me a few minutes ago, the Yelp page of <laughs> Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen. And I'll tell you right now, off the top of my head, or just first impressions. This is not a date night place. First of all, comfort food. When If I'm going, especially first date, early in the relationship, I'm not going out anywhere with a girl where I'm going to weigh myself down with a fucking huge slab of meatloaf. Right. I'm I'm doing sushi. May we could do Mexican, but I'm not going I'm not getting a burrito. I'm going to go I'll maybe do a couple fish tacos, a la carte. Keep it light, a few chips. But I'm not this I'm seeing on the menu right here country fried chicken, New Orleans pasta which for some reason has a giant slab of Texas toast served with it. Oh my fucking god. It's a goddamn it's taking a, you to a restaurant yeah. like this almost yeah. sort of buys you a false sense of safety because sure. you're like, oh, some guy's not going to take me to Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen if he's just trying to fuck me. That's a, that's actually a really good point. But it, I see this on the menu. I get up and I fucking leave. I'm sorry. And it's could it could be made well. But I'm talking about a Monte Cristo sandwich. Oh, yeah. What's on that again? That's like a ham and cheese sandwich that's like baked into a donut type of like pastry. Okay. Then I believe it's um, served with syrup. Oh, that yeah, that's really disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. I've never ordered it, but I've seen it around. Uh, A couple of the reviews. Chicken pot pie. Oh, so yummy. Get in here and eat. Not and eat. Get in here and eat up. Come in, ask for Lindsay. Great service. Well, good job, Lindsay. I love Lindsay. She, she's yeah, great. Lindsay's got a good husband. I can tell because Chris A is holding like his wedding rings are the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. His wedding ring also looks like a class ring, which I love that. That is so right. perfectly trashy because... I get it. Like, I get why someone would have done this, like, during World War II or whatever, when you're like, well, if I'm buying metal, like, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But it's it's actually, like, it's so, um, I don't know. It, like, it's it brings you back to a time Definitely. that, like, you don't really 
no, it's Definitely. not. It, there's nothing familiar about someone wearing a class ring no. as a wedding ring no, in 2020. It's insane. Whoa, this restaurant is so loud. The meal was actually all right. But overall, I find the name insulting. Cheddar Scratch Kitchen. In what way are they scratched? Did they take a package of fresh spinach and dip they served me? Uh, no. Oh, my God. He's trying to be sarcastic. Sarcasm font. Did they freshly fry the tortilla chips and serve them to me warm? Ditto. Ditto. He hit us with a ditto. In in other words, using the term scratch and their name is simply a lie. This this is like people that uh, they get mad about imitation crab meat. Um, Also, uh, like... That's a three-star review from Michelle R. here, who's who's got elite status on Yelp, which is <laughs> the saddest thing I could say about anybody. But also- She just got it this year, by the way. Right, so yeah. she's out here reviewing hard no, in 2020, no. which tells me everything I need to know about Michelle R. And everything you need to know about Yelp is that 11 people ranked that useful. Three people rated it funny uh-huh. and six people gave it the cool emoji wow i don't yeah cheddar's doesn't look like my kind of spot i feel like there's better spots in kansas city but i i like where you're coming from that it's like a it's kind of a flex in the sense like this guy's down to earth you know he's just yeah, he's no, he, he's no, a regular like- dude as a chick, like I kind of know when a guy is like, oh, we should get sushi or something like yeah. I'm like, oh, OK, I get yeah. it. Like It's easy, though. It's easy. Yeah, it's easy. But in the grossest way possible, because yeah. I'm like, this guy's just trying to, like, give me a fucking sushi roll and then try and bang me. Yeah. And like, I'm not interested in that. Like, at least be disgusting enough to, like, come out and say it. Right. Sapporo's sake. Right. All of it. Um, but I will say, though, in general, I have a rule about Yelp, which is that it's just not reliable because only insane people review things. Totally. totally. You have to be fucking insane to leave a review. It's actually nuts. And anybody that does it is an actual crazy person. And the people that do it on the I actually overheard not long ago a couple people that had just like encountered each other, weren't friends or anything. And they were talking about the local area. And one of them said, one of them said this sentence and it, it stuck in my brain. And I had, I had buried it until now. One looked at the other and said, are you on Yelp? Mm-hmm. What? Like I'm on Yelp in the sense that I'm in an unfamiliar area and I would like a pizza right now. Like right. that's what that's. Uh, so in that sense, I'm on Yelp. Do I regularly go to Yelp? No. It's not like a, it's not Maybe like Maybe they yeah. recognized the person's like phrasing. Right. Right. Oh. And they were like, oh, this is that motherfucker from Yelp. Right. Or <laughs> this is that useful, funny and cool person from Yelp. Right. Right. Good point. But Listen, yeah. so can I tell you, Susan T, I just came across this review and yeah, I, I have hear it. to. Okay. OK, this was our it's one star. This yeah. was our fourth visit. Unbelievable. And we won't be back again. <laughs> we liked their food in the past, but this time my mother's plate was covered in tiny hairs like someone had shaved over it. The manager apologized and comped my mother's food, but we won't eat here again. Now my kid is all freaked out about the hair and he vomited in the parking lot. 
It's a few hours later. And the more I think about it, the angrier I get. And I've read through some of the other reviews and there are complaints about dirty dishes. Where's the health department? Unbelievable. And the state that Susan is in, this is kind of fair what she's saying, right? Obviously, no one wants a million tiny hairs. Her kid just vomited. That's all very upsetting. But I feel like everyone else on Yelp is acting as if they are Susan and they lived through this experience that anyone would call awful. But like, typically it's just like, they didn't have the sub that I wanted at Jersey Mike's today. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she takes it a step further. But I will say Susan, you know, I do appreciate that she wrote this while she was still in an emotional state. Most of the time I don't necessarily like that in a Yelp review. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. She knows exactly how many times she's been to Cheddar's by the way for that complaint. It's the fourth time I've been there. I know. I like that too, because at first I thought that was going against her. Cause I was like, well, you've been there four times. Yeah. Like how bad could it be? But then, um, I, I, I grew to respect this is our fourth visit because I, I, it means so much to me. What I understand from that in the few seconds that I've been acquainted with this Yelp review, I've grown to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so <laughs> so stupid. I like somebody that can change their mind. So he, uh, th- I believe he takes, oh, he takes Ellen. That's the one we like to Zales for a ring. Like early on, he's like, no, we're doing this. I've never, he tells them all. I think I've never been married. Takes her to Zales, lets her pick out a ring, lets her know, Hey, and this is the MacGuffin in the in the Mickey movie. He's got a medical malpractice lawsuit happening, and it's it, they're in the settlement phase. He he's got exact numbers on what he's going to get. The payout from the insurance company is something like twelve million dollars, of which he's going to see seven point eight. So, and it's any day. It's like in the next couple weeks, this is happening. So he immediately, and they all sort of have this same story. He immediately is like, why don't, since we're going to be rich any day now anyway, and I'm going to buy everything. Why don't we combine our checking accounts? Yeah, we've known each other for a month. But let's just get a joint account and put all of our money in it. And oh, by the way, I need a Porsche Let's go to the dealership. I need a brand new Panamera and I'm, I'm going to pay cash for it. Once I get my settlement, I unexplained why he can't wait a couple weeks, but let's go ahead and buy it. I'm going to write a check for the down payment and then we're just going to get it in your name. Let's no, let's just not mess with it. Let's just not mess with having anything in my name. You just go ahead and get it in your name and that'll be fine. It's, red flag after red flag it's not it's not one red flag it's 30 they're they're really building up it makes it makes it kind of hard to feel sorry for the victims i still do i get it they're 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 earnest people they're hopeful people they they feel (laughs) like they found something that doesn't exist in the world but at some point you gotta go hold on i'm he needs his Porsche in my name. What did I do here? Like what's 
I don't want to fucking portion my name. What if something happens? Oh my God. I can barely like breathe because I, I keep hearing you fucking gloss over one of the most fascinating parts of this episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's why you're here. You, Dude, you okay. notice things I don't No, We got to back it up. All right. First of all, lawsuits are not great, but like, like, in, in a, like they're not a great quality in a person that they have pending lawsuits. That's a, even if they're that's, coming in their favor. What's, I can't remember what's, I didn't write it down. What was, how was he? So this is, this is the fascinating thing right. that, that, that they kind of left as a reveal, like a little mini reveal at the top. But so you're getting through all of this and you're like, God, this guy sounds like really average. Right. And then Ellen says that he is getting very casually. She says that he's getting this medical malpractice lawsuit money because a doctor who was doing surgery on him fucked with a nerve in his face. And so she's sort of like, right. So like subconsciously makes a motion to her own face that almost implies that this man has like permanent Bell's palsy or something. I was going to say like, a palsy. This is a palsy situation. So then you you think about the fact that they're also being very sort of forgiving and non-judgmental about this the fact that this man has a facial affliction, okay? Holy this shit. man's fucking a portion of his face is not even working right. And they're like, yeah, this is the man of my dreams. Like, you know, I mean, God sends him to you however he does. And this is my man. And listen, like I have a lazy eye. So I'm all like about having compassion and sort of, you know, I'm not really I've I probably told you I've talked to many people without arms and it's taken me <laughs> right. years to notice. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just sort of like, you know, I'm not really big on like judging people right. for things that they can't help. But like all of these women <laughs> are getting on board with a guy who a fourth of his fucking face isn't working wow. 100% of the time. Hold on, hold on. Counterpoint. This works in his favor. They're looking at this guy going, his face is a little fucked up. This is why he's, he's single. He's yeah. been unlucky. He's this beautiful soul. He opens the door. He takes me to Cheddar's. He likes to, <laughs> he likes to look at the same things as I do with me. <laughs> he get he drives me on his motorcycle. Like this man is perfect and no woman has ever appreciated, appreciated it because his one eye is a little droopy from the fucking palsy. Right. From his, his surgery mishap. It's like, right. what a hell this man is living through. I can save him. I found the golden goose. Yes. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's like this perfectly amazing man was sitting here this whole time and no woman until me bothered to pay attention to him because the lower fourth of his face, like left face. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. Now you can't really see the droop and pictures, pictures are not going to pay justice to it. And no. obviously we haven't seen parts two, three, and four. So we don't yeah. know if we're ever going to get to be up close and personal with this man. But we the are. fact that yeah. a piece of his face doesn't work and all these women, finally it comes out when Ellen mentions the malpractice suit. Okay. Yeah. Now this is another thing, the zales of it all. Now, yes, yes it's the I Midwest. am a snob. It's the I'm, Midwest. I, 
Come on. I'm a fucking snob. And absolutely. I have always said, like, I'm not accepting a ring from anyone if it comes from the mall. Like, of course I don't care if malls are different where you are, if the way that people interact with malls are different than they are for me, a coastal ass bitch. Right. But like, truly, that to me is so low effort. It's the problem with Zales is that people always say, oh, it's like affordable. But no, going to a jeweler oh, yeah. and having it made is affordable. Right. That's the but better Zales deal is a fucking markup. Because yeah. also they're they're putting their stores in malls, mall like rent, baby, alone, mall rent sales going, and you just look at these ugly ass rings that every other bitch has. It's so honestly, I find it offensive if I'm being honest with you, because yeah. I think that it's like baller, like go down to it's baller lifestyle, like yeah. go downtown to downtown LA, the jewelry mart, find some a jeweler down there mm-hmm. and get like a reasonable stone yep. and a reasonable band and it's going to be cheaper than Zales. That's right. Thought went into it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. A hundred percent. Think of a woman who's like, Oh wow. Like Zales, like that's so fancy. Like imagine how broken your brain would have to be yep. to be like, Oh, we're going to Zales. Like he means he's serious. No, no it's just quick. He knows he can walk in and, and I'll throw this caveat on top of it that makes Zales appealing to a guy like Richard Scott Smith. 100%. They got a 0% for 18 months deal if you sign up for the card when you go in. Right. So That's he, a really good point. He walks in. He's like, hey, this three stone right here, you're looking for 3,500? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, we'll take it. How about I sign up for the thing? Because guess what? He's he's living under an assumed identity. He's not paying shit for that ring. He's never going to, he's not going to make payment one on that shitty Zales mall ring. He's out the door. He's on to the next town and the next fucking Zales before they figure out they've been fucked over. You know what kind of kills me about Ellen, though, is that when we first see her, she's doing this little like sort of seems like a Snapchat sort of thing where she's like checking out her hair and she's sort of like feeling herself. And it sort of like reminded me of my mom because my mom is like just she's that bitch that like feels herself. You know, she really is. And I always look at women like that and I'm like, how did you in particular manage to get duped by a guy like that. My, my mom's ex-husband's a fucking nightmare person. Um, and I look at her, I'm like, Shauna, you are so fly. Like how the hell did you fall for that? And I guess that, you know, I, I look at Ellen and I say the same thing and I'm like, God, even these fly ass old bitches are falling for this dude's shit. Cause you would think God to be feeling yourself like that. Yeah. You've seen some shit, right? Ellen's got the good haircut, you know, like you feel like She's kind of on a different level than these other chicks. She seems like she's been through the wars a little bit. She's jazzy. She yeah. knows her worth. Yeah. Like she's coming across like that. Whereas the uh, the rest of them, no offense. You're looking at them being like, oh, I can see it. Of course. You know, hundred percent. Yes. Totally yeah, agree. Tracy, with you. Tracy yeah. has not had an easy life. I can see it. Yeah. Right. But then Ellen, you're just like, Wow. And that's what I think is sort of speaks to his range. Cause like he does have a massive range. Like this guy he is does. not discriminatory. Granted, the only thing I will say is that they're all white. That's one thing that's they all have point. in common. Yeah. But 
for the most part, this man is, I mean, he's swiping on everyone. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. There's uh there's not, there's in one way, there's not a lot of diversity to these chicks because they're all about the same age. They're all white, but physically there's a diversity to them. There's not, he doesn't really have a look. It doesn't matter to him. No. And I will say too, that I think he probably dates older. Like I would yeah. think that his, you know, target is like no lower than 45 on these dating apps because, you know, anyone younger than that, you're probably like, Oh, they might not have money. But like if you're 50, if you've been single, if you have a job, like you probably have some money in the bank. Yeah. 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 And so it's a it's just a it's a fair it's a better chance to date an older single woman because she more more than likely has at least assets or something like that. Yeah. He probably like looks for certain things like he he wants them to be divorced. He wants, you know, he's testing their job for sure. As soon as he meets them, he's Googling. He's got, he gets an idea of where they live. You know, he comes over on his motorcycle. He knows whether they own or rent. He's scouting the place out. Yeah, that's my, if I ever start dating again, I'm never telling a guy I own my house. Yeah. Don't, that's ever. nobody's business. Uh, okay, so we'll, let's just jump ahead. So he's, it's, it's a lot of what you're expecting. He's buying houses with all of them. He's like, hey, we're getting, you know, my settlement money. And, uh, that was a really good point too, that you made about people in lawsuits. He, that's a red flag as well. He's, he's getting, we're getting my settlement money. Let's buy a house. He's going in and buying houses with these people with his assumed identity. He also flexes his religious beliefs. And we learn later not to jump ahead too much that actually he just, and it makes sense. He just caters that to the relationship. So if he, if you're really into your Episcopalian faith, then he's going to be hardcore into church as well. Whereas if you're super agnostic and church isn't a big deal, he's fucking playing the Sam Harris podcast for you. Like that's, that's the level that these monsters adapt to just they're they're the boyfriend chameleon type where they're just going to be whatever is the perfect thing for you. But one thing I did like another red flag and that now they're kind of starting, they're pointing out the red flags. Well, I will say just yeah. really quickly about religious stuff in general it is one thing that you just take people's word on. And there's very little, like the Mormons have their scroll. So like if you're Mormon, you know, you could realistically go to the temple and see if their name is on the temple scroll. That's right. right? If you live in that ward. And I guess that is like a nice little protection that the Mormons have built in for themselves where you're like, Oh, we don't want any like stray guys coming in. I mean, no, they, they do it so that they can get everybody's 10%. But but I will say there is no other religion that has like a record of its existing members. That's true. And that, you know, and by the way, it's so easy to fake something like that. Yeah. Like if I just wanted to tell people I'm Jewish, I could probably I could probably pull it off. Sure. 
you know, maybe I'm not super practicing, but yeah, I grew up going to uh, going to temple. Well, like, what if I just started fucking telling people that. Well, a lot of people are culturally Jewish, so you can be Jewish and not have a real idea of the, you know, not really know, you know, you know, I was never mitzvahed like and you could totally be Jewish if you wanted. There's and a, there's a lot of religions like that. You don't even have to be anywhere close to remotely religious to be able to have a good understanding of what goes on in the Old Testament, the New Testament. I mean, that's just infused into every part of our culture. Right. We know you that stuff. Lie about religion pathologically the way this man did very easily. Right. Absolutely. He so we start to learn about him. He doesn't sleep and not he doesn't like he tosses and turns. He's got insomnia, sleep apnea, whatever he gets up in the middle of the night and he just fucking flips on that TV. And this is, this is what a lot of criminal types do. What shows does he watch? American greed. Grifter shows. And Lifetime movies, which kind of blew me away. That's my specialty. Hey, way to shit on my reveal. Oh, I'm so fucking sorry, dude. I didn't know. Yes. He watches fucking Lifetime movies. Shout out to Mother May I Sleep With podcast, where I have been a guest. This guy, who knows what he's up to now? Maybe he's in the joint. Maybe he's got a snuck in iPod. And maybe he's listening to guest of the Baller Lifestyle podcast, Molly McAleer. Yeah. Host her wildly popular Lifetime movie <laughs> podcast. All right, calm down. Mother May I Sleep With podcast. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you have to hand it to me. How could I possibly know that that reveal was coming when you completely blew past the fact that this man has a palsy in his well, face? Yeah, that's true. I didn't... I. That's an embarrassment to me. You're right about that. I will tell you this, though. My friend got Bell's palsy in high school, and it was the funniest fucking thing. I laughed for, you know, three years, I think, nonstop. And yes, it cleared up. It went away. But it was the funniest fucking thing to me. Like, and, you know, I got my wisdom, not my wisdom, too. I got my uh, my first root canal maybe two years ago. Yeah. And I caught a look of myself in the little Walgreens security camera. Yeah. And I could not stop laughing. It was so fucking insane. So I have to say, God bless these women for not just not stopping laughing this whole time. Like I saw my face, part of it, I couldn't move it. And all I could think of was my best friend, Jen, and growing up and how fucking funny it was that part of her face didn't move. Hilarious. I I would, I wouldn't be able to, to take it seriously. I know it's hard. Uh, Something that you alluded to earlier about the narcissistic behavior that I think this guy exhibits is part of his routine is he would run a bath and the bath he would run would have like a few inches of water in it and he would place himself in the bath and then he would call out to whichever partner it was. I believe this was Ellen telling the story. To come and sit with him. Yep. And then the the person would come in, sit down on the toilet. Which is just a non-starter for me. And then he wouldn't speak. He wouldn't hold her hand. He would barely acknowledge her. He would just sit there in the not enough water tub in silence 
while she sat there. That has to be. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Is yeah. this is 100%. You hit the nail on the head that this is particular to like these love bombing narcissists is they start pulling behavior that if you had just come in on a human level and like started dating someone and it was normal and you eventually decided to be in a relationship, if they did something like that to you, you'd be like, what the fuck? No fucking way, dude. Because yeah, you, weird. I'll be in the you, other room. Let me know when you're done. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're like, all right, well, whatever. Right. But with a narcissist, you're like, well, this must be one of his weird little quirks and everything else about him is so perfect. So if he just wants me to like sit on the toilet and sort of like space out while he lays in an inch of bathwater, well, then that's just, you know, with some guys, they, you know, interrupt you. Some guys are always late. This guy, he's perfect. He just wants yep. me to sit in silence yep. while he lays in an inch of water. Totally. And so it's insane. These he do- to- they don't realize to- it's insane. No, these yeah. insane behaviors become normal. Totally. Totally normalized. So, but the one person who sees through this, much like Juno Temple and the chick from Ozark in the Dirty John. Julia Garner. Yeah, Juno <laughs> Temple's my favorite actress. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. She's my favorite actress. I'm, I'm, it's, I can't believe that I was even able to recall her name just now because I can't think of very like easy things like people who I know. I can't think of their name and I can't like ball players that I grew up watching. I can't think of their name. It's actually very difficult for me. And so, somehow Juno Temple, someone I know nothing about, I was able to recall her name. And I don't know other things that she's been in, but she was in that movie. Dirty oh, John. she's fucking fantastic. Yeah, she's very she's good in that. great in Killer Joe. She's so good. There's this indie movie called Dirty Girl that's unbelievable that she's in. It's like one of the wildest sort of like... It feels like it has like Juno sensibilities, but it's like wild. And um, much to the chagrin of anyone who takes a percentage of money from me in my life, I, everything I write is with Juno Temple in mind. You want them to be in, you want her to be in it. Yes. Anytime I go into a pitch meeting and they're like, well, yeah. who do you see playing the lead? Yeah. I'm like, Juno Temple. Oh, so she's your and- muse. Yeah. And yeah. then like, you know, everyone will be like, well, I don't know if we can sell like a Juno Temple vehicle. And I'm yeah. like, well, why the fuck not? Why not? Do you not like money? Right. Do you not like creating things? Do you want to make something good or not? If you want it to be way- good, let's put Juno Temple in it. Yeah. The way she fucking holds an accent in her mouth, her ability to transform and do regional dialects like as this English woman, it is unbelievable. Crazy. She's so fucking talented. Crazy, crazy. I wish that she had more to work with in Dirty John. I felt that that wasn't celebratory enough of of her ability as an actress. I mean, look, the source material was what it was. She had she had the juiciest role in the whole movie. Right. You know, she had she got the most cool stuff to do in that movie. Although. I mean, spoiler alert, it's fucking two year old miniseries. But Julia Garner gets to do the killing at the Oakwood Apartments on 17th Street and Irvine Avenue in Newport Beach, California, where I grew up. But Juno Temple gets the bulk of the good lines. Kind of. I mean, listen, again, it was, you know, it was working with the material she was given. Um, I just, you know, I I I wanted more. And like. I don't know. Some of like the quips. I mean, she's supposed to be like the fun bitchy sister, Jackie. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So the Juno temple of it all. I lost my train of thought. Oh, he takes, he takes the baths. Oh, the daughter. Tracy's daughter knows what's up. And just like Dirty John, and this is why I'm, I need to keep watching this movie because it's the first episode is so fucking Dirty John that I'm like, I probably don't need to see the rest of this, but there has to be, it has to take a more than Dirty John turn at some point or a, just an off the fucking Dirty John Boulevard at some point. But m- just like Dirty John, just like Juno Temple, the Tracy's daughter's like, something's up with this dude. He's a little too fucking good to be true. So she goes out to his truck and what does she find? Fucking just like dirty John pill bottles, IDs, bullshit, like all sorts of fucking stuff that a con man would have in his car. And what then, Oh, almost knocked over my mic. Then she goes in and like a good little fucking millennial or Gen Z, she gets on the fucking Google. She probably goes incognito and she <laughs> starts looking shit up. She goes, hey, let me look up all these. By the way, he's got four different names on his prescription bottles. She starts right. looking up all the names and holy shit. She finds a blog about a guy called Richard Scott Smith. So, so he's calling himself Mickey to her mom, but he's got all sorts of names. And Richard Scott Smith has, has a, it's like a, um, what do you call it's, it's a blog, but it's like not just one person writes it. It's like this woman. Oh, I guess everybody's commenting. It's like this woman started this blog and she's like, Hey, I'm If you're reading this, you've been suckered by the same guy that I was. Here's his name. He might say this about himself. He'll definitely tell you, I love you after two weeks. One thing that I, I noted, she, she goes through like the things that he says about himself. And I don't know what it is about every con man that they have to include this aspect in their made up bio. Loves karate. Right. <laughs> they all love karate. It's to make you fear. Uh, fear. That's why. Um, yeah, it's to make you yeah. feel like you could kick your ass at any given moment. Yeah, it it makes you feel safe, but it also makes you feel like you should have something to fear, depending on what side you are. Absolutely. Um, can but- we point out that his initials are RSS? And I don't know if the website oh, is still up still, but yeah. like that would be, you know, you could have some fun with that like with the branding RSS feed. Yes. yes. Like there's wow. nothing. It's so the, it's so internet-y. This very. case is very internet-y. And I will tell you, because this is made in 2020, you guys, baller lifestyle listeners, yes. I will go fucking nuts on all of you. I'm already planning on cucking most of you. Yes. <laughs> I'm speaking directly to listener right now. <laughs> I will fucking go nuts on all of you if this is diet dirty john i mean this Me man too. better yeah. fucking have blood S- on same. his hands if, if there's not a you know i'm gonna stop at baby murder but like there's gonna need to be some real shit coming up or yeah. i'm done with you guys yeah well like we gotta find out that he's like it's actually um the whole time the dude was mike farrell 
BJ Honeycutt from MASH <laughs> and he's he's resettled in the Midwest and he's living this double life and nobody fucking recognizes him and he's going around be, like that'd be a twist. Is that what MASH is? I was always scared of that show. It came on after Punky Brewster. Yeah. And like the theme song was so sad. Depressing. And my whole life I've felt very alienated by the show you, MASH. You mean the theme song Suicide is Painless felt depressing to you? <laughs> Yeah, I think as as a child that I picked up on that. What sitcom starts with a song like that? I know that. And it's the Korean War. Like it's almost edgy. Honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you, that is so bold to be like, our show is so funny. We're going to (laughs) open up with the most depressing song. Even a five year old would be turned (laughs) off by how depressing and, and scary this is. And every episode had a fucking maiming or a dead baby or like something like the horrible, the, the war crimes happening in it. You know, it was, it was, it was couched as Korea, but it was clearly meant to be Vietnam. Um, yeah. So that's yes. what they did. They, yeah. there's on that show, there's a guy that was involved in the war or something and he's living a double identity. No, I just made that up. I just said like maybe. I don't know. That's not what happened. I just, oh, okay. That's 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 unique to me. Because for a second, I was like, maybe I should right. watch Mash, but I'm gonna just continue on, right? Not you knowing about definitely it. Definitely don't. Um, so, so we learn from the blog. He's a bigamist. He's left them all in debt. He's on probation for some of his crimes. Um, all 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 sorts of like what's to come. For all these women and the, the, the daughter reports it back to the mom. And then at the same time, all the other women are learning about, are also learning about it. They're being, they're being contacted somehow. They, I, I guess they're kind of like, they make it seem like they all know, but they don't really tell you how they all know. Um, but they all seem to find out and they, they all are either left high and dry or they all come together via this website. I guess that's what it is. We're- well, I think also this like network of women, which, you know, you're about to, I believe, reveal. But I think that the reason why all of them find out is because there's a pack of bitches that are trying to ruin this man's life. And so if you are found to be anywhere near or on his radar you're not going to be reaching out to them. They're reaching out to you. They're shaking you awake in the middle of the night and being like, do you know what his real deal is? That's true. And then they all realize, then they all realize they all sort of band together. They contact each other and they're kind of like, Hey, fuck this. We got to do something about this. Let me play a clip. You know, I tell girls, you know, the best way to get over guys revenge. I'm sorry. It is. It's not going to a therapist. It's not crying about or talking to your friends over and over. I'm getting. I'd always heard that the best way to get over a guy is to get under a different guy, but that's just maybe that's just like a different. That's that's just just, like a thing guys say. No, I think that's a thing girls say. I mean, I heard, I heard, I heard it from a girl. That's the thing that guys Uh, tell girls that girls say. Oh well, I. (laughs) 
<laughs> I never said it I to think anybody. That's an inside job, dude. That's yeah. an inside job to get laid more. Is like to just oh, tell women, right. like, you know what? You just need to go out and like fuck someone. Right. Like I've never had a guy tell me that who's like in a happy relationship. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. I never thought about that. <laughs> Uh, uh, I never really thought it through, but they, they all band together via their, uh, being united by this blog and they reach out to a bounty hunter, Carla, who I, I think when they eventually, and it's for sure, well, it's not for sure. We got to see how the, how the, uh, documentary does, but there's, if it does well, they're They'll definitely make a movie of this. And I feel like Melissa Leo could play Carla. Dude, this salty dog ass bitch. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. She's unbelievable. Yeah. I like how she's like, you guys are like all online. You need to go. Well, she doesn't. She means farmersonly.com. But she's yeah. like, you guys got to get on farmers.com. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's, like, mean- she's like, country boys don't do this kind of shit. It's so I honestly I took I I walked away from this first episode with with that as a piece of wisdom. Yeah, no, honestly, no, it is really good. And then but then she's like, look, she's like, I'm going to help you guys. She's like this guy, this what this guy did to you is fucked. She's like, I feel what happened to you in a big way. And I'm going to do this pro bono which was kind of a record scratch moment for me because yeah is she in a position to be like this isn't i think that she's fine i think she lives a simple life right i don't think she's motivated by money obviously well we do i am i am honestly truly horned up to find out what her agenda is because something happened to her yeah well she tells us so she's like she feels a kinship with these women and I have a clip. She tells us where that comes from. The first guy I ever lived with beat me a lot. And I took it and I took it and I took it and I took it. And I finally walked away from that relationship and never went back. And I said, no man will ever touch me again. I will kill anybody that ever tries to touch me again. So if Richard Scott Smith came in and robbed me like he did these other women, I'd be in prison. I'd have slit his throat and watched him bleed to death and then admitted to doing it because I'm not going to let him do that to somebody else. Look, if you're you're looking to hire a bounty hunter, you could do a lot worse than Carla. Yeah, and I'd even argue that it goes deeper than that because a lot of women get abused, beat up, all sorts of different things, right? And it sounds like, you know, Carla really had a, a number done on her. Yeah, definitely. But there's something in her DNA that's wild. She's got like an yeah. extra chromosome that we haven't even discovered yet. Well, where that's... she's just like, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to fucking make this my life. Well, this is how <laughs> this is how she ends up in this business, right? You don't you don't become a bounty hunter because you're not fucking wired for it like nature or nurture something brought her to this place in the world and it wasn't a fucking accident yeah Um, dude i'm so sad that dog's wife beth is dead i just can't yeah beth was a real one when you found out dog was in the five two range were you how did that affect you because i i gotta be honest I did a lot of fucking Googling once somebody told me that and it, 
it stunned me. It, it explained a lot, and it also shook me to my core. I don't know if I, like, respect facts like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like people are, I just found out that Kevin Hart is essentially a little person. Well, he's so little, yeah. Right, and I never, like, knew that because I don't tune in to Kevin Hart. I'm not, like, chasing that Kevin Hart material. It's never been something I've Same. been called to. Same. I've never naturally come into Kevin Hart material. So when I found out that Kevin Hart is really, really small, I was like, I feel like it's not my business in a weird way. And I know I recently flexed on you by telling you Jojo Siwa is 5'11 or something like that, right? Yes. But in general, I kind of am like, I don't know if I believe it. And I know there's right. so much evidence that <laughs> points to that being true. Yes. <laughs> there are people who have met this person. Sure. There's scales of just humans. Yeah. You look at them and you're like, oh, well, whatever. Right. The- I don't know. I don't for some reason, I kind of don't respect those facts. And I almost will go wow. so far as to say, I don't know if it's my business. Wow. 5'2". Right. But because. It, yeah. Because there are also people that, you know, you feel like they're tall because you be, like you choose to believe they're tall. Yes. And it's just it's enough. It's like the it's like Santa Claus. Like. You're never going to meet. I think I knew I learned that dog was five, two because somebody communicated to me that they took a flight with him and they were like, holy Someone communicated f- that to you. Yeah. They're like, holy <laughs> fuck dog is a, is so tiny and then I was like what and then See, I, I'm different I would start questioning my relationship with that person that told me that because I'd be like well what do they think is tiny like by whose standards theirs well what even are their standards yeah, that's true. like yeah maybe this isn't someone that I have that much in common right with, actually after all um but you know the other thing with height and, and men, too, is I find it so upsetting when I find out someone I really didn't think much about is short because I realize that that's actually their edge and they are as mediocre as I assumed they were. Right. They're only famous because they're short and that sort of funny or short and that surprisingly good at bounty hunting. I'm <laughs> like, oh, you're just like. You're just the one in your category. Like you're not the greatest bounty hunter of all time. The bit is, is that you're five, two. And that's kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and then I, think I don't respect your career at all. Dog. I don't know about you, but dog came into my purview, my realm of understanding when he tracked down the max factor air in Puerto Vallarta. Do you recall that? Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure like, you know, when dog came into my life, I think it was like shortly before I went to college or something like that. I don't remember. So like, I might've been around that time, you know, and then I was just like stoned and didn't really have any money for a long time. So I didn't really like, I wasn't tuned in to things that mattered like that. Sure. I will tell you that when I found out and one could have assumed, but I will say as a nation, it was truly heartbreaking when dog said the N word and he said yeah. it hard and like it, he said it all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
we got led into the inner circle that day and I hated it. I mean, he's a quasi law enforcement dude in Hawaii. I feel like they fucking throw that kind of language around pretty fucking often. Right. That's the thing that was yeah. upsetting about yeah. it is that one could assume yeah. and you, and you just chose not to. Yeah. Um, so let's try, let's try to wrap this up and I would like to continue. Sorry. On to episode two at some point. No, I just don't. I value your time. Um, he's all these chicks get together. They start staking him out with the help of Carla. They're going to his local karaoke haunts. They, Oh, that made me sick. Yeah. Cause he's, but also it's like this guy disappeared on the face of the earth and actually he's still going and doing karaoke at the places you went with him. The lawsuits, the palsy faced, all that. Nothing told me more about this man's character than he's a frequent karaoke yeah. goer. Yeah, he lo- and he's real into it. They show him doing. There's some, there's some found footage of him do duetting with his new paramour. Disgusting. He's also kind of interesting. They run in. They find his morbidly obese buddy who. <gasps> Oh, my king, Gary. Gary, who ha- who has two cats and zero chins, he talks about dropping out junior year with Mickey, and that's when everything took a turn for Mickey. He was fine until he dropped out of high school in the junior year, and then he's like, it all became about, this is how you know this is a lot to do with his relationship with his mother. And maybe we meet her at some point, but this is where we learn his whole life becomes about victimizing women. Do you recall that detail malls? No, I mean, I think I mostly was like, when is he going to say the, you know, when are we going to get the bisexual reveal? Wow. Whoa. Oh, you think they're lovers? Well, I hoped. Yeah, maybe that they were lovers. Maybe they because, are. Like you know, when he starts talking about how him and Mickey dropped out of high school together, gay. Yeah, right. Good point. Holy shit, I didn't even think of that. I mean, Gary didn't strike me, and I don't. I don't know if this is my privilege or what. This is my cis male privilege. Gary didn't. Didn't. I didn't get gay vibes off him at all. Are you for fucking real, dude? I didn't. I mean, gay. Oh my god, well, every- you're insane. Gay Grant, guys, they tend to keep it together. No, Gary had let that himself is, go. That's actually homophobic. It what is, you just it said. Is? It is homophobic. Oh, I'm sorry. That's like saying like, oh, all Asians, so smart, so good at math. I didn't say, like, well, that's true also. Like, that's also true. But I didn't, that's not. There's some slob ass gay dudes out there. And if you don't know that, I don't know what to tell you. I do, well, I haven't met them. And granted, I will say that I obviously do assume most men are gay. I get the gay <laughs> you assume, vibe. You from, assumed I was gay. Yeah, dude, I fucking just from the, the picture on your fucking profile, oh which my like God. my eyes are so bad. Like yeah. I still I'm looking at it on my Skype right now. I can't really like see, yeah. but I'm like kind of leaning into this icon to get yeah. a glimpse at it. Yeah. I still think you might be an Asian twink. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. I've been called worse. All this said, you know, by reveal was really crucial to me because like Dirty John, we got a little by reveal. Well, I I feel like Dirty John was gay for the stay. That's what I'm saying. And so I I felt like, oh, dude, don't tell me that like, you know, Mickey sucked off, you know, this guy, Gary, 
when they were 16 and Gary's been chasing that dragon ever Could since. Be. And his life is a, is a mess. It's an overgrown mess. Another issue with production in this is that they showed, they, you know, put in these clips of his gigantic ragdoll cats. Gorgeous. So much that mm. it was unclear if he owned two cats or 27. I, I just saw the two. I, I took it to mean that there were two. There was a white one and kind of like a rust colored. Yeah, but they were doing in close up profile yeah. shots of yeah. what could have been any cat. I, and I, I mean, like, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that he had many, many cats. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me one bit. We also get a look at this point at Gary's plenty of fish profile and... Were I to have a dating profile, I, I'm fundamentally opposed. Obviously, I wouldn't be on Christian Mingle or Grinder, but I'm fundamentally opposed to the name Plenty of Fish. Is there? Is there? Is that so, the fishes and loaves? Yeah, is that well, have like to do with plenty that? Plenty of fish in the sea. Oh right, but there's no, there's no, um, no, it's there's not no Jesus. There's it's, no Jesus plenty involved. Plenty of fish is the fucking wild west, dude. It is. Whenever I hear, yeah, if I literally, if I was in a a movie and they were like, think about a dating site that's going to make you cry, like that could literally evoke tears just from you thinking about it. Uh, it would be plenty of fish. And that's probably because I've never been on it, but I've only heard of people having a terrible time on there that it makes me that upset and emotional when I hear plenty of fish. Interesting. Wow. I just, this is my first encounter with plenty of fish. And in case you weren't shook enough by the karaoke of it all, the fucking let's go for a ride on my Harley, the facial palsy, the, all the things going on. We get a, we get a glimpse of his, Oh, I actually screenshotted his profile and it is fucking problematic, but we get a glimpse of one of the details. And it's like, you know, you list your personality type, I guess. And under yeah. his, under his personality type, he chose rock star. I know I may it honestly <sighs> like it really it hurt me it hurt to see chills I, I have chills right now um let me let me just read you about Mickey I am 47 I'm I am looking for a best friend and not a hookup hyphenated I am much better that that it's not a proofreader oh. It gets worse. It's, it's, it's Trumpy in the way this guy writes. I have a busy life and looking for someone to compliment my life. Space period space. We have all been through craziness in our lives. Please do not be married capitalized or in a all caps quoted open capitalized relationship comma. This will not work for me. I love live music concerts capitalized county music i assume he means country honest mistake both words capitalized comma 80s i love outdoors and travel i am truly capitalized single and emotionally capitalized comma physically capitalized and mentally capitalized available 
I am waiting for the one that would do anything to be my everything. That's the fucking truest statement. Yeah. In the thing. That's the only honesty in this whole thing. Right. If you are interested, please contact me. Space, period, space. I assure you, you will not be disappointed. No punctuation. Mickey. Um, the whole thing just, you know, it fucked me up. Listen up, Brian. Yeah. Here's the thing is that we are both polyamory married and dating heads. That's true. So we know the discrimination they face, right? Totally. And I think that a lot of times when people say like, oh, I don't want an open relationship, your reptile brain is like, oh, good. Like, you know, that means that you only want to be with me. Like no one ever thinks like, oh, they want to make sure that no one's going to get in the way of my master plan. Totally good point. Like I can't have, I can't get with you start manipulating you and then holy shit Kamala Devi fucking swoops in all of a sudden all of a sudden I got to go to a coffee shop in Riverside and meet fucking and meet Anthony and Nicole it's like Vanessa it's like hey I didn't sign up for this bullshit I signed up to manipulate one woman not a woman in a and her fucking thruple husband yeah no for real like that's the thing, though, because like a lot of people will put that in their social media dating profiles. And I will never first I probably will never log into Tinder again or any dating app again. Yes. But I will never see that with fresh eyes again. Yeah. Because it's been now this has tainted it for me. I, I can't unsee this, unfortunately. So all these guys that write like, oh, I don't want an open relationship. Yeah. We've been looking at it all wrong the whole time, it's, baby. I never even thought of it. I never even thought of it till just now. You've, you've opened my like, eyes. Invite me to come over and meet your boyfriend. That's what yeah. should be yeah. in your Tinder profile if you're serious. It's like, please cuck me. That's yes. what should, that's what it should be. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we learned. Finally, the show sort of ends, and this is this is the like the last turn of the show. We learn from the girls that he's got a new girlfriend, Carla, who's he's met through the karaoke world, which is much more scandalous than I was picturing. She immediately ditched her husband who I think says something like they've been together for 47 years. It was uh, too long. They would have to be, they would have to have hooked up at like 12 years old or 10 years old. Maybe. I mean, maybe they're those, those people, which is why, Carla goes to karaoke night and she's like, I'm, I'm switching it up, baby. I just met this man. Yes. And her, her husband, Jim has been cocked by Mickey, but there's some foreshadowing. Cause first of all, Jim, he's going to be played by Steve Buscemi in the, in the USA movie version, Netflix movie version of this. They show him going out in the yard and taking some practice shots with his AR 15. Like he's, Jim's going to have a say in what happens to Mickey. I feel they're foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Jim tells a story. Carla, she starts doing a lot of karaoke and what shook me, she comes home and she fucking practices. Yeah. 
at the house sick it made me sick it literally reinforced every bad suspicion i had about people that really like karaoke how dark is that karaoke is supposed to be you know in theory really like spur of the moment like oh wow this is crazy we're gonna go do karaoke like people who go home and practice for karaoke night that's my worst fear of what happens with people who enjoy it it's insane because karaoke is this thing you're supposed to be mostly bad at or accidentally good at it's not supposed to be like oh no she's been singing who will save her soul in the fucking shower every night trying to nail the fucking corners of this song only to only to come here tonight to fucking cheddars to bennigan's karaoke night sick dude i feel they like it's so visceral because you're like oh yeah that's a nightmare like my partner of 40 years comes home she's singing karaoke practicing Uh, this man jim just trying to get an honest night's sleep that's all he's trying to do is he's just trying to get a good night of sleep and his wife is in the bed next to him unbelievable letting it wail yeah letting it wail Disgusting. disgusting So the gir- the girls do a karaoke sting where they start staking out the local karaoke spots, right? Um, because they and I have a, written down a quote. They've been doing a lot of karaoke here lately, so they know the spots to go to. And they're like, "Hey, have you checked the VFW hall? I heard that's where he goes on Friday nights, but that's where he went with me." Meanwhile, like these women have acted act like he's disappeared off the face of the earth. He's going to the same <laughs> places that he went with them, but just maybe like on a Wednesday instead of a Friday. Places you have to have memberships. <laughs> yes, exactly. Then, but then this is kind of confusing. They they run into this woman that he was sort of in business with. Page and they're like her name was Page, P A I G E. I don't feel like I really needed that spelled out. This could put it on. That's typically how you spell Page. Right. It's the, it's the common spelling. But they like to communicate to each other like fucking cops, dude. Yeah, that's like, a good point. They the way they talk, they're like, oh, can you run the plates? Like spelling the name out. Like yeah. I'm surprised they didn't. You know, it could have been worse. So her Paige's connection is she used to manage his corporate apartments. So is this guy destitute or does he have a fucking real estate empire? You're like, is he, is he a property manager? Does he own these apartments? If you own a fucking apartment building, you got stacks, even if it's in Kansas city, right? You're doing well. If you own a multi-unit dwelling, you are usually a wealthy person unless you're over-leveraged, like the president. It kills me, my, you know, my sweet millennial peers, when they're shocked that some celebrity they like is a landlord. I'm like, are you stupid? Anyone who has any money to put together is a fucking landlord and you'd be stupid not to. That's like asking me if I'd get in on the first level of a pyramid scheme. Absolutely. Of course. Are you kidding me? Of course. I'd be a fool not to. Of course you got to. RuPaul fracking. I will agree. RuPaul fracking was you know, a twist and turn, but landlord, come on, easy, best way to make a shit ton of money very passively. Uh, totally. Absolutely. Also Dax, 
I have fucking such a hard time saying that. And Kristen Bell. They were oh, right. they were recently shamed for being landlords. Right. What's what you got a lot of money, you gotta fucking put it places. They don't they don't just fucking have it in their mattress. You buy things with the money. You buy things that end up being worth more money. That's the whole point. Um here's here's something that fucked me up, and we're wrapping up here. The name of his company. Prestige corporate living. I mean, it's no baller lifestyle, but oh, yeah, hey. I mean, I agree. It definitely, I mean, it's one of those things where it's so obnoxious. You're like, that's the dumbest name for a fake company, but it also seems like something I would never bother to Google. Oh, snap on you, first of all. You should have taken a pause because that fucking, you landed a, a knockout blow to my chin with that very good <laughs> secondly prestige corporate living is very much like prestige worldwide from the fucking hit will ferrell john c Riley classic stepbrothers right like he's not a stepbrothers fan but in the movie it's a ridiculous sounding they choose a specifically ridiculous sounding name this guy does the shit on purpose. He thinks it's cool to call his corp corporate housing prestige corporate living. And then she, this page woman describes him. He's a fast talker. He's got charisma. Sleazy. And that is that's a good combination. That's a good description. Really tells you everything you need to know. But she fucks him over. And then somehow because she's in and around these corporate buildings. And again, I can't imagine these women, women look too hard for this guy. Wait, was he, was he fucking that chick? I, the I, last they, one? they don't, they don't say as much, but I think she, she was doing his cleaning and she, she said he owed her 50 to 60 grand. Yeah. Cause that chick seemed like she's exactly like, you know, he met the right one on the wrong day. Yeah, because yeah. that bitch seems like tuned in. She seems like she's, you know, maybe more familiar with some of the finer things and how yeah. normal people act. Well, she owns a business. Uh, yeah. These other women, I could see them having a blind spot. But her, I, I would be shocked if she fell for this guy. Totally. But then she, because they run in the same circles, these fucking apartment complexes. She's going to one of the buildings and I, I couldn't tell, and you're, you have a better eye for this. I couldn't tell if they juiced the footage there or this is actually what she got with her phone. It seemed like it is really what she got with her phone. She's, yeah, it does. She's like, I go to this building and I see him walking out of the elevator and she's got, gets it on her phone. First, oh, well, wait, yeah. no, actually the person holding the camera in the car at the end. Yeah. They do at one point put the camera like down yeah, and, you, and you can just see like a, a dirty ass yeah. Nike. J no, like, it's like a it JC Penny boot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's like a sneaker. It's like an athletic shoe mm -hmm. and bad yeah. jeans, like yeah. a boot cut. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, that's what I saw. Yeah. Maybe I was, you know, putting my classist filter on it. Yeah, it was like a winter but boot. It definitely to me, I was like, this looks like some pickup uh, stuff from when they, you know, figured out where he was it was almost like too shaky the camera it was almost like when oliver stone was trying to shoot mtv style for a couple movies you know it was just like okay we get it you're doing a handheld thing you're overly shaking the camera and what it's i annoying. didn't like about that is that it was a tell 
that either this guy is still alive because the documentary crew is out there getting footage of him or that our girl, um, the female dog, the bounty hunter, that she let the investigation get out of her control. Because why is this man with a weird ass shoe and a bad jean taking video that is so essential no, I think that was her shooting the video. Well, it doesn't matter. She ca- she catches him moving. He's loading up a U-Haul. And first of all, his moving style, carrying one fucking lamp at a time. You're coming down from a, a, a high-rise apartment building with one lamp in your hands? I, I thought the exact, trust me, I thought the exact same thing. He, he walks out with like a one of those tower fans. Like... Just carrying one fucking thing at a time. And he's glancing over. I, I feel like he makes her, but he acts like he doesn't because he owes her 60 grand. And he's glancing over at her car as he goes by, which I, which makes me feel like it wasn't juiced. And then she all you hear her say is, holy shit. And then it go, and then the episode ends. You're and, right. And it tells us the next episode is called Wichita. So clear so the, the implication is that he's on the move to do this again to another group of women in Wichita, which I can't imagine is too far from Kansas city. Few hours. No. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to Kansas, so I don't really know, but I will tell you, you're right. The dog, the bounty hunter chick, she 100% like registers as genderless below the knee. I'm positive. You know, I haven't even seen her feet. In this, and I know, I don't want to. but nothing else in this whole last thing told me what a sociopath he was to exhibit the type of rich person behavior to be on a moving day and to leave the house with a single fan. Stunning. He's he's one. How long did it take him to load that twenty foot U haul? A week. He had a helper, but the helper was was carrying things in the same fashion as Mickey. One fucking item here. I got a picture. Here's one, not even boxes. Here's a plate. Just right. absolutely just shook me to my fucking Poor core. Time management. Yes. Horrible. Like, if he was, if he was, you know, with it, then he would just be taking that fan to the second location so he can go start fanning himself in his new apartment mm, while really someone point. else. Yes. But he has right. poor person mentality. Yeah, he does. Where it's like he doesn't even have good energy around him of like someone else. Like you need some like Irish or Italian motherfucker out there ready to like strap the couch on his back. Like that's who you need on moving day. Yeah. You don't need this one plate individual. Yeah, no, totally agree. You need a fucking worker. You need to go to, you need to go to Home Depot, bite the bullet, pay these guys what they're asking for, pay them a living wage to come help you move your heavy fucking shit. The country doesn't have Home Depot culture. They don't? That's not everywhere? Uh, I've, I mean, I don't know. I've never in Boston, like pulled up to a Home Depot and there's workers migrant workers no i've literally never seen that but that was something that when i was in california and someone was like oh yeah just go up to home depot there'll be guys out there working i was like literally what i was like you just hire a guy yeah yeah maybe that is maybe that's a uh cali culture strictly a, a southern california phenomenon uh okay malls we we ran a little long i really enjoyed having this conversation i'm I'm kind of, I think we're on the same page 
read the show. I need, I have a short attention span. I need some shit to happen. I'm mildly amused with what I saw so far, but had I not been do committed to doing a podcast about this show, I might not have hung with it. People have told me I should stick with it, that there's more to see. I'm going to give it another episode. And I would like to, if we agree that it's worth it, reconvene with you at some point to review that second episode here on the bonus content of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. You know, it's difficult because episode two of things can is typically the sleepy episode. Yeah, but there's only four. Like some right. shit's got to happen. There's nothing, nothing really happened in one. It's not like The Wire where they're like, just watch the first three seasons yeah. and then you'll eventually start to like it. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to say I'm... I'm already in a place where I need to watch this yeah. second episode okay. pretty much as soon as we hang up. Right. So, well, don't spoil it for me because it might not be. I might like have to pick it up this weekend or something. There's a lot of baseball I'm playoffs not, going I'm on. I'm not interested in that. There's like a lot of things that I don't tell you, so I definitely am not going to be like, oh, hey, here's all the tea. But this is, well, I mean, you don't tell me anything, but I mean, this is this is a <laughs> this is a thing we're working on together. So, no, I, I know. Thought you like, might listen, mention it. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you about the reading I did ahead. Okay, I appreciate that. All right. I appreciate it Molly. Always fun to have you on. For yeah. for friend of the show, Molly McAleer at Malls on Twitter. Instagram. I'm, she probably has a snap. I don't know. I'm not on that TikTok. No, don't do anything like that. Oh, okay, all of the above. Uh, I'm Brian Beckner. This has been the subscriber exclusive portion of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next time. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.